think it's really important for firefighters to really understand that a couple of workouts within your firehouse is great, but we really need to make sure that we, to stay on top of our game and ready, you need to incorporate health and fitness into your life. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. Habits can improve your health, and bad ones can screw it up. That's why building healthy habits is so important for firefighters. Now look, this isn't just some trendy idea, and we're not talking about eating nuts and twigs here. This stuff will prolong your career and your life. Back with us again today to discuss building good habits is Aaron Zamzow, and he has five of them for us. Aaron is the owner of Fire Rescue Fitness. It's a company that creates workout programs and fitness articles. They focus on getting fire rescue athletes fit for duty. He holds a bachelor's degree in health and wellness and is a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer and a peer fitness trainer. And Aaron Zamzow joins me now. Welcome back to Code 3. Hey, Scott, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And you know we've, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. You know I'll talk anybody's ear off about fitness, so I really appreciate the opportunity. It's great to have you back again on Code 3. We'll start with an easy question. Don't most firefighters already have these habits in place? You know, surprisingly, some really do and some really don't. I think there's a there's a mix. I think it's really difficult for a volunteer firefighter to, you know, make time for fitness and to incorporate healthy habits because they have so many different stresses of their regular job, their life outside of the firehouse, and then also what they do daily. And 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 that for the career firefighter as well, sometimes trainings and calls and lack of sleep kind of get us off of those habits. So I think it's important for everyone within the fire service, whether you're volunteering career, and we'd always like to make more improvements as a whole. And these five things that I'll talk to you today will really help anyone, even if you're a chief, you know, when you point to the fire, you still need to be (laughs) (laughs) at at the peak of your game. So these will all help. We'll get to those tips in a second, but I did want to ask, most career firefighters that I know work out every day, at least when they're on shift. Doesn't that do the job? It's a great start. Um, But if you're only working out six or seven or or eight or uh, nine shifts a month, there's still the, the 20 other days where we can still help and improve your, your health. You know, it's, I used to work with pro athletes and they didn't just work out when they reported to, to their uh, particular organization. It was a year round commitment. And, and I, I think it's really important for firefighters as well to really understand that a couple of workouts within 
your firehouse is great, but we really need to make sure that we, to stay on top of our game and ready, you need to incorporate health and fitness into your life. Now, what we're going to talk about here is uh, five habits. And I noticed that I, I have a cheat sheet here. I noticed that exercising or working out is not one of the first items you mentioned. Why is that? I think, you know, it's very, very important. But the first one that, that I think is really imperative for firefighters, hydration. A lot of times in the firehouse, coffee is one of the mainstays. Uh, every firehouse I've ever been to, there's always coffee brewing. And sometimes that coffee can turn into three, four, five uh, different cups, which, you know, can be great for energy. But water is what sustains us metabolically, also helps provide us with energy. And I think one of the things that, that people don't understand in the fire service is that well-hydrated firefighters are less likely to have sudden cardiac arrest and stroke. And those are two things that kill us mainly in the fire service, along with some of the other uh, health-related things like cancer, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit as well. And, but staying hydrated helps you perform better, helps you think more clearly, and also can reduce your chances of the things that kill us. So I put number one on the list as hydration because it's something that sometimes we overlook. It could be 12, 1 o'clock when you're in your shift and you realize, gosh, I haven't had any water today. And that's too late because if you get that call, you can get dehydrated, severely dehydrated very, very quickly. So if you stay hydrated outside of the firehouse and place emphasis on that throughout your career, throughout your life, you're going to be able to perform better. You're going to be thinking clearly and you're going to reduce those chances of the things, again, that kill us. I was reading a statistic that even a slight decrease in hydration can 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 decrease your performance by 5 to 10%. It can also increase your chances of sudden cardiac arrest and stroke by 20 to 30%. So staying hydrated again, I can't emphasize that enough, is very very crucial to performing better and actually living better and and being able to uh, do the job. Do you have a recommended volume that we should drink over, say, eight hours? Well, we were talking before the show about Arizona, you know, where it's uh, it's hot. It's uh, 105, whether it's a dry heat or what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I always tell people, try to aim for around half your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh 200 pounds, try to drink 100 ounces of water a day. Wow, it, that's a it, lot. It's a lot, but I say that because most of us won't get to that. But if we, you know, the the eight ounces, eight times a day is a great start. So I think most health organizations, when they talk about hydration, recommend 64 ounces. Now, that doesn't count working out, staying active, working in a a hot environment like Arizona or even a fire ground. So I always say aim for half your body weight. If you get even close to that, you're going to stay okay. But in it, and it doesn't necessarily include coffees and, and juices and everything else. I think water is the one thing that, you know, A, it's really great because we need it to put out fires, but we also <laughs> need it in, in our bodies to help us keep moving. So, you know, I would say start with 64 and then try to get up to half your body weight and also figure out what feels best for you. Like, you know, if you start to get so much water in you, you know, obviously you want to take, to take a step back, but 64 to half your body weight is where I would recommend. And before we move on real quick, where do you stand on drinks like Gatorade? You know, Gatorade, a lot of it's, there's a lot of sugar in Gatorade. And I've had some great conversations with some fire departments and chiefs lately about, you know, what to do on the fire ground. There also are some great companies out there that are really trying to provide better hydration solutions for us. 
Fluid is one that they have electrolyte mixes that aren't, they don't have as much sugar. On the fire ground, uh, you know, personally, when I drink a, a Gatorade, uh, I try to water it down as much as I can. You really just want those electrolytes and you need some of the sugars, but there's an excess of them. So sometimes that can cause a, a gut ache. Typically, mm. anything after 45 minutes to an hour, you might want to have a little bit of Gatorade to start bringing those, those electrolyte levels back. And that's where these fluid packets or these electrolyte packets really can come in handy. So you just pop them in your water when you're doing rehab, or if it's a hot day out, you can pop them in your water as you're on the truck. You know, Gatorade is is a good option. There are, are also other options, I guess is my point. But if, it, if you're just doing a regular workout of 30 to 40 minutes, you can, water's okay. Anything over 45 to an hour, you may want to think about adding those electrolyte messes back. Number two was stretching. Yeah, so a lot of times, you know, we, we don't really, really stretch well within uh, the fire service. And, and I'll, I'll give you some examples. I, I work with recruits, you know, not only with my own fire department, but I've also helped with other departments as I go out. And, you know, the younger guys especially, we'll pick on them a little bit. You know, they just want to get after it. So they get into the gym, they do their workout, and they don't realize that the more efficiently you move, the stronger you can be and the better you can perform. And I also think that because of the nature of our work, we're working in, you know, unbalanced planes of movement, twisting a lot, we're lifting, we're in real compromised positions, that being flexible will help you not only more efficiently, but but effectively move in those, those unstable circumstances and un- unstable planes. So foam rolling, stretching, really, really can help. I, and I'm, and I'm going to say it, yoga is also a really, really good practice <laughs> to get into. Now, I said the four-letter word, but if you look at, you know, yoga and stretching helps with breathing, helps with stress management, helps you move better, all things that will help improve and prolong the career of a firefighter. And there are two different types of stretching. One, before you start your workout, we wanted a more active movement where you don't necessarily statically hold stretches but you, you do things like a, a full squat and you try to, to do the whole range of motion. You can do even a step forward and reach towards your toe. Those positions, when you're starting to work out, you don't hold them. But after your workout, when you're cooling down, that's when you can do the traditional stretching. Yoga is good to do on off days after shift. And then also foam rolling. Uh, one of the things that I'm really glad to see is that a lot of firehouses now have foam rollers, which are a way, they call it self-myofascial release, but it's a way just to do self-massage to help blood flow and to help muscles move more efficiently. I'll be back with more right after this. When that call comes in and you rush to head out, the last thing you're thinking about is your safety. But your safety is all Federal Resources thinks about. At Federal Resources, we work to make sure that every responder is equipped, trained, and ready to come home safely. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. All right, number three was read labels. Yeah, this one is is really interesting. So um, I was at a firehouse the other day, and they had yogurt on the shelf in the fridge, and they pulled that out, and they said, see, you know, and, of course, me being a health guy, I get. See, we're eating healthy. Yeah, 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 we're eating healthy. We have yogurt. Well, 
you looked at the label and the yogurt had 29 grams of sugar <laughs> and I, and I, and I pulled out ice cream and I said, read that ice cream had 20 grams of sugar. Now <laughs> I, we didn't compare serving sizes, but I, I just said to the individual, I said, Hey, we, you know, start reading labels that sugar is hidden in a lot of different foods and fat is as well. And I think in the firehouse, when you're cooking in the firehouse and in your own home, start to read labels. If that label has a thousand different ingredients, some of which you can't read and you can't understand, you know, maybe think about eating something that that is more natural. You know, it's something that it's really simple to do, but that yogurt now all of a sudden that person thought it was healthy, just like you were saying. It's 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 yogurt. It's healthy. Now we gotta we want people to take a step further than that. All right, it's yogurt, but look at the different type types of yogurt, breads, and also and cereals. Start to look at those labels, and really understand what you're putting in your body and what you're feeding to your crew. I like to try to stick to outsides of the grocery stores where you you have one ingredient foods: potato, chicken, broccoli. I know I said broccoli. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's go with sweet potato. That's a little bit better. So, you know, reading labels, understanding what uh, again what what's in those different foods will really go a long way to start getting you to understand nutrition a little bit. I think that's always the first step. Is I guess first step is hydrating yourself. Second step is start understanding foods a little bit. So reading labels is a big part of that. And I want to be clear here. You're not talking, as I said earlier, nuts and twigs when you say single ingredient foods. You're just talking about stuff that's less processed. Exactly. And even like, you know, some certain ketchups, they'll have high fructose corn syrup and ketchups. Um, There's a better alternative where it's more natural. It's just tomatoes and, and you know, there is some sugar in, in the ketchup, but at least it's not a processed sugar like high fructose corn syrup. So things like that, right, try to stay more natural, less processed, and that's a, that's a great thing to, to start with your nutrition. And then as you read labels, I, I find, find that when I start to tell people to do that, they start to, to you know, because Google's so handy these days, they start <laughs> to, to, to research more and, and really start to take their health and their wellness, take control of that a little bit more, which is really ultimately what we want. All right. Number four, understand portion sizes. Now here I'm going to jump in and suggest that I'll bet you're going to say that our portion sizes are way too large. Uh, Not in the fire service. No way. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, let's just dump that all over the plate and slurp it all down. Yep. I always like to tell um, a a very good uh, friend and mentor of mine, um, Chief John Solka from FDNY, tells a story of, meeting his wife and bringing her to the firehouse uh, for a meal. And um, after the meal, she looked at him and said, you guys, it was, that was like the the most awful thing I've ever seen. You guys are like cows at a trough, you know? And and back in the day in the firehouses, we served on what, like 14 inch platters. And like you said, the goal was let's fill that platter up. And clean it all off. Yep. And so my my suggestion for number four is start minding your portions a little bit more. One of the t- the the real easy things that you can do is start serving on smaller plates because then if you you load it up, you can't fit as much food on there. Um, but also um, from the standpoint of if you fill up a small plate, your body and your mind starts to say, "Oh, that's a lot of food," as opposed to if you put that same amount of food on a large plate your mind perceives that as, well, it's not filling my plate. It probably doesn't fill my body. And it's pretty interesting. There's some research behind it. So one thing is 
mind your portions, serve on smaller plates. You know, I, I know a lot of firehouses are going to a small serving plate and then like a little bowl for salad. Salad. But, yeah, I know. I said that word too. Boy. <laughs> Man, what are we uh, talking here? Rabbit food? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, at least have those options. I'm all for the traditions in the firehouse, you know, I'm at where I, I come from in Madison, you know, Fridays are usually for fish and Saturdays are pizza days. And, and, you know, I still do that if I'm cooking, but I also like to have an alternative for those people that maybe don't want that and they want to eat a little more healthy. So we try to have that option for them. But, you know, real a, a real easy rule of thumb is if you take, you know, the palm of your hand and you use that as your protein serving size, you use a thumb for fats. And then for vegetables, you can use like a fistful and use that as your serving size. So your hand can really be a good, you know, aid when you're looking at portion control. Also, like a cup full of hands is like a, a carb. So, you know, like a dense carb, like a rice, kind of eat like a cup full of it. For veggies, you want a fistful. For fats like almonds, you try to have a thumb, the length of your thumb kind of with that. And then again, the palm for the protein. I also think that, you know, we talked about reading labels. And when you start to look at read labels, try to understand what serving sizes it are. And I think you need to become an advocate for yourself in a way and educate yourself. Just like you do, on, we educate ourselves with fire attack and building construction. You know, nutrition should be added to that list because it can really help prolong a career and life. And I think it's really, really imperative. And getting it wrong can cut that career short. It really can. And, and I had this conversation the other day as well. You know, I'm full, almost 45 and five pounds overweight can lead to 15 pounds overweight really, really quickly. Before you know it, you're ordering more, you know, your pant size is a little bit bigger. And, you know, that five pounds over the course of three or four years can turn into 15 to 20, which then all of a sudden you're 48 years old and 25 pounds overweight. It's really difficult to get that off. So, you know, making these habits part of your career and part of your lifestyle really, really is imperative, you know, not only for the older firefighter, but for the younger one growing up. And that's one thing you always get kids. I always say kids because they're usually younger out of the academy. They get into the firehouse and they go, man, I put on five pounds in the first couple months because there's so much food around. And uh, you kind of grin and you go, yeah, you got to understand how to how to manage that, you know? So, so the portion sizes is, is, a, is a huge part of that. And finally, you say train don't exercise, and I'm curious how they're different. If I told, you know, we're going to tell your listeners right now, stop exercising. And a lot of people probably are listening <laughs> going, hey, I kind of like how you like this guy. You know, I maybe lost them when I talked about salads and yoga, but uh, <laughs> when I tell them to stop exercising, I pull them back in. And, and here's the thing with that exercising is doing something for that day, meaning, Hey, I'm going to take a walk. Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lift biceps just because I want my biceps to look good. I'm going out tonight or whatever it is. What I want people to do is, you know, granted, yes, movement is good, but as a firefighter, we are really athletes. And when I worked with athletes, I didn't tell them to go exercise for the day. We trained, we planned what they were going to do. And each workout kind of built on each other. And I want firefighters to understand that they are that same entity. They are an athlete. And if you have a workout program, you want to make sure that that program ultimately helps you prolong your career longevity-wise, prevent injury, and then improve performance. So 
the difference between training and exercising is exercising is kind of going to the gym and doing back and biceps because that's what I want to do for that day. Or I just want to take a walk. Or my buddy's doing, um, you know, the beefcake workout. I'm going to do that. Training is, look, I'm going to do, you know, intervals today because I want to improve my cardio. Then tomorrow I'm going to recover and do some flexibility training. The next day I'm going to do full body strength with, um, you know, some fire ground movements on there. And then the next day I got to work. So I'm going to just try to get some stretching in and it's looking at your, your fitness from a, uh, from a, a large scale, a bigger scope. It's planning it out. It's not just randomly going in and going, all right, today I'm going to lift a little bit and then I'm going to use a stationary bike and I'll be good. Exactly. Exactly. It's planning out like, like I would with my athletes, you know, the, the advantage that, you know, I had when I was working with an NFL athlete was I had a preseason, a postseason, an off season. We don't have that as firefighters. So we really need to, to look at what's going on and also take into account, you know, if you have a shift where you 24 hour shift where you got no sleep that next day, you, you may need to figure out where you can incorporate some napping and some sleeping. And instead of working out, you look at it and go, look, I can do, I can do my recovery day after that bad shift. And then the day after I know I'm, I'm ready to go and I can go back and do my weight training. And you need to look at that and take into account the stresses of the job. And when you have the whole picture in place, it's easier to do that. We'll be thinking about ways to apply all this stuff. And Aaron Zamzow, thanks for joining me on Code 3 today. Thanks, Scott. Anytime, man. I really appreciate what you're doing and keep it up. You're doing a great job. And we put some more information on building healthy habits and Aaron's company, Fire Rescue Fitness, on our website, Code3Podcast.com slash habits. Check it out. It's trivia time. Here's your question. What does the acronym LUNAR stand for? I'll have the answer right after this. If you like Code 3, you'll love the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more discussion with our guests on any topic. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not so serious. But it's only available to patrons of Code 3. Find out what you've been missing. Go to Code3Podcast.com slash support. Pledge just $10 a month to support Code 3, and you'll get immediate access to all the Bull Sessions in our library and future interviews as we post them. Become a patron today, support the show, and get access to the Code 3 Bull Sessions. The trivia question was, what does Lunar stand for? And the answer is, Lunar, L-U-N-A-R, is used to help firefighters remember what info to report when you call a mayday. Location, unit, name, assignment, and air supply, and resources needed. And I hope you never need that acronym. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I sure hope you'll join me then. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to code3podcast.com.